He is the only way. He is the only way. Many times we can get sidetracked into thinking that there's other ways. But he is the only way. Paul said to the Galatians, if anyone comes to you and preaches another gospel other than what I've preached, banish them, get them out, curse them, it says, but get them away because there's only one gospel, and that's Jesus. We've been talking about fruitfulness and there's no more fruitful person than I can think of than Jesus. It says that all the earth could not contain the books of the things that he did on the earth. And I used to read that and think that there weren't books that could contain what he's done, but that's not what it says. It says the whole earth cannot contain if it was written in a book, the whole earth could not contain. I want you to think about that for a second, that if you drive up to Lake Erie this morning and you empty it all out and then you fill it with books, or you go to the Pacific Ocean and you empty it all out and you fill it with books, it can't contain all that Jesus did when he was on the earth. I know men's lives upon the earth fill one book and they call it an amazing, amazing legacy that there was a book written about you. Yet, there aren't enough books, there's not enough room upon the planet for how fruitful Jesus was. I often think that We miss him when he's nearest to us. We can miss him when he's so close that we should be able to smell him. We miss him. And yet, this is the one who said, more things will be done after I'm gone through you than I have completed. That means more fruitful will the church be than I have been. And no matter how fruitful we are, my concern is that we aren't as fruitful as we should be. I want to thank Pastor Mike and the team for last weekend. Uh, we had a quick trip to Florida to help out with Hurricane Ian relief. Um, we met a great pastor when we were in North Carolina who has a church in Fort Myers and we were able to connect with them and you know when the Lord says you need to go you go <laughs> even if you don't understand it you see uh, one of the reasons why this isn't on there Tasha so anyway um, one of the reasons why we're not as fruitful as we should be is because when the Lord says to do something we don't do it because we don't see the benefit for us And oftentimes, oftentimes it's not about us. It's about his kingdom. And I really don't want to go sleep in a, <laughs> in a ch church classroom. I don't want to get outside showers. But when he says go, we need to go and we need to do what he says. And it doesn't matter what we want. Because the fruit that he wants to produce through us is about the kingdom. The fruit that he wants to produce in you is about the kingdom. The scripture says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Is that a key to fruitfulness? You see, when the Lord said to go, 
Thank goodness my wife arranges everything and I just show up. But when the Lord says to go, you go and you do what he says to do. And then you're always listening. You're always listening. You see, I believe that the Lord, at least for me, maybe this is not for you, but oftentimes when I've heard the Lord, it's in a whisper, not in a shout. And so I have to be ever careful to listen, and I have to be very close to him to be able to hear. And so if he says, Rob, I'm going to Florida, come with me, I want to be close. Because there's kingdom things that he wants to do that has nothing to do with how you feel (laughs) or how you lead. I want to be here with you all. Like, I love being here. And the first thing that came to my mind whenever he said, oh, you you need to go to Florida, and it's like, oh, it's over a weekend. (laughs) And I love you all, and I, I feel like the Lord wants to do some amazing things, and he does, even whenever the leadership team is gone. But my concern and what I want to talk to you about is how... We produce kingdom fruit. Kingdom fruit. You realize that in the world, if you solve someone's problem, they give you dollars. If you're working in a job today and you get a paycheck on Friday, it's because you're solving a problem for them. The kingdom is upside down. You can serve and you can serve and you can serve with no compensation. But the Lord says that in the end, he will recompense us all for what we've sown. Fruitfulness is born out of one thing, compassion. I'm going to read some scriptures this morning. We're going to go on a little journey with Jesus. Are you okay with that? Jesus had a lot of journeys. We should walk with him every day. But I just want to pull out some verses this morning that I believe will grab your heart. And I believe it will give each of us in our own way. Isn't it amazing? You can read one verse, and for the hundred people in the room, it can hit you different. (laughs) My prayer has been that as I read these verses, that not only will it hit you where you need to be poked a little bit this morning, but that it will reshape your walk with Jesus. I love how the word just, when you read it over and over and over, he just highlights more things to you. Turn with me to Matthew 20. I want to talk about what we did, but I want you to be ready whenever I'm ready to go with Matthew 20. So we partnered, and you can throw up the picture, we partnered with a church called Mission Community. Um, This is Pastor Jordan and Bethany in Fort Myers, and uh, can you imagine being in a church like this one and a a massive disaster hits they never lost power they were the focal point in the city because their area did not get flooded and they were a place where FEMA and everybody else came to drop things off and say this is it now I want to put this in perspective they got their building three weeks before the storm and they're in the center of the city, and they got their building three weeks before the storm. God placed them there, I truly believe, placed them there not just to have their own ministry, but as a a kingdom point. So we got down there, we met them. Uh, So the group was myself, my wife, Jen, our youngest daughter, Kylie, and then Nate and Sabrina. 
They're down with the kiddos today. All of them, I believe, they're all down there. Um, so I get to share all the fun. But um, as we left, we prayed. We, we pulled out of the parking lot, driving to Cleveland at 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock, whatever it was, to fly. And we just stopped the truck and said, Father, not our will, but yours be done. That no matter what our expectations are and no matter what the circumstances are, we're going to have peace in you knowing that your hand is on this. There's no way that all the little things could have worked out in a day that worked out unless the Lord's hand was on it. And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes we miss him because we don't even ask. That'll go through the crowd here in a second. Sometimes we miss him because we don't even ask, and he's already got things lined up in the hearts of people, but we don't ask. And the scripture says to ask, seek, and knock, and it will be opened. Yeah, oftentimes we don't even do the first thing. And then we say, Lord, why didn't you open the door to go to Uganda? wherever florida why didn't you open the door and he said i put it in the hearts of all these people to open the door for you but you didn't even knock you didn't even seek you didn't even ask and so the fruit that i wanted to bear through you i couldn't because you didn't even do what the word says for you to do and so we went down and we worked with this couple and they're now mind you they would normally have a couple hundred people that would serve and serve and serve but all those people are trying to figure out how to live life in a house with nothing and so their church was really not even around while we were around. They were all in their own homes trying to survive. And so we arrived there. We met Foursquare Disaster Relief. That's the next slide. And uh, amazing organization. You'll hear a lot more about it. We, we became very good friends with them. Some of you in the, in the auditorium are certified through them to be grief counselors and all of that. And I, wanna, I want this to be an outpost for FDR. Okay, I want this to be an outpost. That way when there's a disaster, a group of people from Dover, Ohio are there. And the reason why is not because I want it to be about us. I want, I want us to be equipped to serve in any capacity. And I know many of you were at Katrina and you helped with all that. And so you maybe, feel, you maybe have felt years ago what I felt going down there. But we began to go to places that they had a texting number set up. You could text if you needed help. And so we went to a couple places. And if I can tell you, I didn't feel the anointing of the Lord at those places. And we were in the car leaving one. And I said, I believe we're doing the wrong thing. I love them. I love the church. I love FDR, but we're doing the wrong thing. And it was wild. The whole car said, we agree. Like, we're not in the right spot. We're not doing the right thing. And so I said, so what, what do you want to do? I guess I'm driving, so I'm going to drive in this direction toward the worst part of everything that has happened. I'm just going to drive there, and we may get stopped. I don't know. There's military and police and all kinds of stuff. I said, we may get stopped, but we're going to go until the Lord highlights something to us. I love that they have a system. I love that they're, we went and helped a few of those people, but there's something else we're called to do. There is a specific place that he wants us to plant seed to produce kingdom fruit. And I said, we're not it. We're not in that spot right now. We're not even close to that spot because everything we're doing is dead. And I'm not being rude. I just, it was not, we help people. You realize you can help people, but still be not bearing kingdom fruit. And so we started driving down the main road going toward the beach where the massive part of the storm hit. And as we're driving down the road, those big 40-yard dumpsters are like leaning up against buildings and like flipped over in the middle of the freeway and boats, huge boats in apartment complexes like wedged between buildings. And, and we're seeing all this stuff. And so we got to a checkpoint and I was like, I don't feel like we're supposed to go through. So we turned around and went back and like, Lord, okay. We know that we weren't doing what we were supposed to do, but... We know we're called to do something and we know that you want to bear fruit through us and you want to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth to people who are in need. So where do we go? And so we're driving and we said, oh, there's an allotment, let's go. So we just drove in. We drove around in massive need. 
You can show some of the pictures. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Massive need. Um, so, so figure miles inland. Uh, at the coast, it was 15 foot of water. So on the second floor of apartment complexes, there was a water line. Um, and condos were just blown out, like nothing left. It looked like a parking deck. But um, these are, this is a house that we emptied everything out of. Um, and so you figure ocean water in your house for a day and a half with everything that that brings. Um, it was not, not a great place. But we went to this first place and we drove through and we could tell it was Spanish speaking. So we were all trying to polish up on something, like pull something out of our memory bank because you could tell that they were all Spanish speakers. And I wish I would have had some of you that know Spanish really well. But we went through and we get to this house and there was this lady out front working on her car that looked like it had been completely underwater. And she was working on it. And as she was working on it, we pulled up and Jen and Sabrina got out of the, the truck and went over and um, she was not interested at all. Not interested at all. Now, mind you, it probably was a little freaky. A black SUV with tinted windows pulls up to your house. Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Um, but um, we, we left that place and we said, well, Lord, you're obviously guiding us somewhere else. The peace of the Lord will rest on you when you're in the right place to produce fruit. So we kept going. We go down a, another couple miles coming back away from the disaster, the main part where it was all shut down. And we see a 55 and over community called Thunderbird. And we're like, we're supposed to go in there. Now, they had security because they, you know, looting and all that stuff. So we pull up and uh, put down the window. And I was joking with them before I pulled up. I said, Ronald Reagan said, those are the worst words to ever hear. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. So I said, uh, I said I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that when we get up there. I didn't, but... Um, I said, hey, we're from Mission Community Church and we're with Foursquare Disaster Relief. We've just got able bodies, able hands, and able feet. Can we help? And he began to get emotional. And he said, um, yeah, if you go back to the clubhouse back there, he's like, there's a list of every, all the needs of the people of the community, probably 300 homes. I don't know. I didn't count. And it's all there on lists. If you just go back there, pick something and go do it. And I think he was skeptical. I mean, wouldn't you be a little bit like this black SUV? <laughs> we don't have credentials. We're just from Ohio. Um, so we go back and, and Jen goes in and starts taking pictures of these lists. And it's pages and pages and pages and pages. And so the pages and pages of things of people that need to be done are long. But the longest pages of the things that were written down were completely demolish my place. Now, many of you who have mortgages, the insurance on a mobile home in a mobile home park in Florida is actually higher than your normal mortgage, I can almost guarantee. And so most people don't have insurance. So they're down there existing on whatever they can do. So we're standing in the, the meeting spot we're taking lists down. There's only one or two people in the whole place. We greeted them. They really didn't want to have anything to do with us. And so we're like, Lord, we know that this is the place because we're all at peace being here. Would you open a door for us? Would you just open doors? And in walks a couple from Ohio. And they're, they walk in as most Ohioans on the front of their feet. They're there to take care of business and write down what they need and Jen greeted the, the wife and said, what can we do for you? You see, Jesus asked that in Scripture a lot. He didn't say, I'm here to do this. He said, what can I do for you? What is your need? So that he could accurately fulfill what they needed, not what he wanted to give them. And so Jen says, what can we do for you? And the woman began to break down and start crying. And he started crying. And now we're in full-on ministry. We're not here to move garbage now. We're, we're full-on ministry. And they began to cry and cry and cry. 
And they said, it's not about our house. I, he, he was very, very, very pointed and said, this is not about my house. I want you to know, I'm not crying about my house. What I'm crying about is all of our family and friends that we've been down here for over 20 years that are gone. They're never coming back. That's why I'm crying. And so we began to minister to people in the room and then we decided, well, there's this huge list we want to minister and that's amazing but we also want to be hands and feet too so we decided to go around the park and go to the list and call people and try to connect with people and most of them couldn't live there they just had six foot of water in their trailer and it's full of mold so they're living other places but we didn't want to go in their property if they weren't there long story but our goal was to produce kingdom fruit and so we began to minister can you go to the one with the tree on the house so this lady walks in as we're walking out. She's walking in and she said, hey, I've got a tree on my house. Are you here to help? And we're like, of course we are. So we went and uh, that's bigger than it looks on the picture. <laughs> and uh, we're like, well, we got a chainsaw. Uh, we'll give it a shot. And so uh, we cut it down and cut it up. And after we got that moved away and two other trees off of their property, by the way, their whole contents of everything that they've ever owned was laying on the front yard. And yet she says to us, as we're cutting down the tree, can I get you something? Can I get you something? We're like, no, we're good. Um, and so at the end of helping them, and we said, can we pray with you? Can we minister to you? Can we bring the Jesus that brought us to Florida into your life. And it was very interesting because they were not professing believers at all. They just weren't. But we began to pray as a group, and I should have made that picture bigger, but it's up in the top. We began to pray as a group and just begin to declare over them the kingdom of heaven. And as we stopped praying the presence of the Lord was so thick around that circle that they began to pray. And they started praying for us. And they started praying for us in a way that I've never heard. But it was truly from some place that they had never experienced. And so we left there and we went and did a bunch of other things and we worked in the warehouse. I think there's a picture of that they, at the church there. Now, I want to give you this because many of you say, I don't know what I can do in this next season. I don't know how to produce fruit. Uh, Nate is there on the, on the forklift and he learned how to do that at his job and then he left his job to come work for us. And so we're in there and they're like, we've got one huge problem in the church and it's like, what's that? And the pastor's like, literally, it's the biggest problem I could have ever thought of. All of our forklift operators have worked 20 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours straight. They are gone, and we've got trucks coming. And I'm like, Nate, you know how to do that, don't you? And so, uh, so he jumped on there and did it, and, and we were combining boxes and doing things. And There is a certain kind of fruit that you can produce if you just get up the gusto and go do it. But there's a different kind of fruit that you produce when you have compassion from another realm. So follow me as we journey with Jesus into some of the things that he encountered. He met some blind men in Matthew 20. Verse 29, now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed them. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. Doesn't that just sound like people following Jesus, telling the ones in need to be quiet? But they cried out all the more saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Verse 32. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? Have you asked anybody that lately? 
Verse 33, they said to Jesus, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Jesus heard their need and he was moved with compassion. And I'm here to tell you that compassion is not something you can just conjure up on your own. There is a form of compassion that comes upon you when people stand in front of you and are broken. But there's another form of compassion that Jesus is leading us into. So turn with me to Mark 1. In this account, he meets a man with leprosy. Verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion. Then Jesus moved with compassion. Stretched out his hand and touched him. And said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. You see, the world, it says in Romans, all of creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. All of creation is groaning for sons who know the Father's heart to actually manifest themselves on the earth. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And turn with me to Matthew 9. Verse 35, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. If you walk the streets of this region... You will find people, if you're in tune with the Father, you will find people that are in desperate need. Then he said to his disciples, he's instructing them about what needs to happen. He's instructing them and telling them, this is what you need to tap into to be able to continue what I've asked you to do so that you can see kingdom fruit upon the earth. And he says this, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. My concern is that oftentimes we pray for the harvest and not for the laborers. And you've all heard sermons on that before, but I believe it's true. You see, Jesus saw the multitudes in Mark 6, Mark 8, Matthew 14, and he was moved with compassion and fed them. There is a world, maybe even inside of your home, that needs the compassion of the Father. There is a world that is so hungry for Jesus, they don't even know. So you can produce fruit. Is it kingdom fruit? Often when Jesus saw the crowds of people, He was moved with compassion, the scriptures say. Where does that come from? You see, fleshly compassion will produce earthly fruit. And I believe, myself personally, maybe this isn't for anybody else in the room, I believe that oftentimes I work on building my earthly compassion for people. 
because I know it's the right thing to do to have compassion on people and so I I work on it and I'm like Lord I gotta have compassion on these people let me just work on it and work on it and and conjure up some compassion and then I wonder in the end of the day why didn't it produce fruit in their life it may be produced fruit for a moment but you see fatherly compassion produces produces eternal fruit fatherly compassion produces eternal fruit if all the space upon the earth can't contain what Jesus did and the scriptures say that he only did what he saw the father do and he only said what he heard the father say then we already know he tells his disciples you've already seen the father in me But Jesus did some things that I believe the Father was able to infuse the passion of heaven into Jesus throughout his ministry. You see, Jesus went away with the Father. He was doing many good things, but he always went away with the Father. And in the moments in that quiet place he was able to change the heart of jesus into his heart even stronger every single day you see i believe that jesus had the fullness of everything but i also believe that there were certain times when jesus walked into the room and the father's like hey i need you to go over here and do this with this compassion and gave him direction not just to do a task but he gave him the heart to do it with And there's kingdom fruit when that happens. Turn with me to John 5. Verse 16. For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now and I have been working Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but also had said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. In his time with the Father, I believe that Jesus is reflecting and pulling his identity out of the Father every single time he's with him. He's pulling more of the Father, more compassion. And so when we're there on the ground in Fort Myers and people come up to us and they're like, no one has come here No one has been around to my house. No one has connected with me. I don't want to go in there with earthly compassion. Because it'll be fruit that lasts for a night. When he wants to produce fruit that lasts for eternity. Now one thing that's very interesting is Jesus was always away with the father and yet he appears to the disciples in different ways and one of them is he's walking on the water and I was questioning this with pastor Penn and I was like that's very interesting he goes yeah the only thing I can think of is he had to get that far away from people to hear the voice of the father so he went out on the water where nobody could be how far have you gone out on the water to hear the voice of the Lord 
How far have you gotten away from the, the distractions of life to be able to hear his voice and do what he says? You see, because it's comfortable. It's comfortable to stay in one place and produce fruit over and over and over. But I believe in this hour, the Lord is calling the church to a deeper walk with him. And this can't be manufactured. It can't be just one hour a week in a service where the Lord touches you. And I'm glad that he does. And I'm a product of that. That's amazing. But it has to be more. That when the persecution of the times to come comes upon the church, you have to have more than just a church service. We have to have more fruit than anything that we can just put together. Any compassion that we can just throw together for this person who is at the food pantry on Thursday nights when we serve there. Or the tough bags kids that are served through tough bags. Or any of the other things we do around our city. We, we can go in with compassion, but is it the compassion of the Father? You see... Oftentimes, I believe when we get alone with the Lord and we're actually alone, we're no one, we can't mimic anybody, no one's showing us how to do it, we just get in his presence and start to talk to him, he'll show us where we're barren. So Jesus goes away with the Father over and over and over. Yes, he gets rest, but I believe he's getting an infusion of the passion of the Father. In this hour, the church is called to bear kingdom fruit. Kingdom fruit. Not just rear ends in the seats beside you, not just money in the thing to make the church go around. That's all things of the past. I'm speaking strongly. That's all things of the past. The only thing that will last is kingdom fruit born from the compassion of the Father breathed into His church. That's it. Nothing else will last. Buildings don't matter. Ministries don't matter. It's only what is born in the quiet time and the compassion that the Father infuses into your heart for what He's called you to do that will produce fruit that lasts. My concern for my own life and for you is that we move so quickly that we miss his voice. That we are so busy doing, doing, doing that we miss the place where he wants to produce fruit in someone so bad that they stayed around for that moment when we rolled up on their property. My question is, what fruit are you producing? What fruit are you producing in the world? You see, people that produce earthly fruit, they come and then they go. And not much is ever remembered from them. But the Lord is coming one day. He's coming for His bride. The church. And he wants a fruitful church. He wants a church that has built an amazing ministry to him. That's not popular. We're not called to minister just to one another. Our number one call is to minister to him. And so when we sang hallelujah here at the end of the worship set, there was a change in the atmosphere. Why? Because we are not here to sing words on a screen, but we're here to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. That produces fruit in you you may not even understand. It's kingdom fruit. It's stuff that doesn't pass away.
I remember the first time that I was in the presence of the Lord that I actually remember. I was in it a lot. I just wasn't aware of it. But I remember standing there thinking, I am in heaven. I'm in heaven. My prayer for this church, my prayer for this church is that we begin to understand that ministry is not just about what we do in our community. I love it. It's amazing. We serve a lot of people. But what I realized while I was gone was that the main ministry is to minister to the Lord. I know that. But what I realized was the reason why people look to the church in times of crisis is because their fruitfulness is not something that passes away. You see, we can go into the city and we can repair a home and then we leave and there's no residue of heaven. We can go into our jobs during our week and we can produce fruit for them, but we leave no heavenly residue with them that changes who they are. Because the compassion we have for them is stuff we conjured up on our own. My prayer for this house is that as we all learn how to minister to him better in private, yes, in private, then we minister to him together corporately that the fruit that will come first from the Lord will be compassion for the world not passion for the world that's good but compassion from the Father for the world and oftentimes that means that we stop doing everything else and we recalibrate our purpose. We reconnect to the mission of the Father and His heart. We don't say this enough, but if you go to the next slide, this is our mission statement for the church. It's our declaration, our proclamation. This cannot be done with earthly compassion. If you've been through our growth track, you know this. Hopefully those have been here a long time and you haven't memorized. But this is our purpose. This is what we're here for. This is why we're in Dover. We are on mission, which means we're not sitting. Jesus is sitting because he's done all he's going to do, but we're not. We're called to be on mission. We've got something we're supposed to be doing. To ensure that every man, woman, and child have repeated opportunities to hear, to see, and to experience the gospel of the kingdom. You cannot do this with earthly compassion or you'll flame out. I'll say it again because some of you are flamed out. You cannot do this with earthly compassion that you conjure up for the city of Dover. I love the city of Dover. And you get up every morning and you're like, I love the city that I'm in. I love it, I love it, I love it. And you try to convince yourself that you love them. It doesn't work. You flame out. You give up. And then Netflix seems better and Facebook seems better and Instagram and TikTok and everything else seems better than that. But that's what we're here for. When you have compassion from the Father, it doesn't matter how stinky, how sweaty, how mold-covered, how nasty you are, and how uncomfortable your physical being is because your spirit's on fire. So I'm praying that the fire of the compassion of the Father will ignite you. Will ignite you. Now, this doesn't happen because you come to the summit. It doesn't happen because you go to any church. It happens because you have a priority on ministering to Him. You say, Pastor Rob, what in the world does that look like? Well, it's going to look different for everyone because you all worship differently. But 
all I can say is, is just begin to talk to him. If you're frustrated, be frustrated. He already knows. You're covering it up doesn't stop him from understanding that you're frustrated. If you're angry, be angry in his presence because he already knows and you're just hiding it, trying to think you're hiding it from him, but he already knows. But when you enter his presence, and maybe you're in one of those two camps right now, maybe you're frustrated, maybe you're angry, but when you enter his presence and you begin to focus on him, for some amazing reason, obviously the Father's compassion for us, those things begin to fall off. So my desire for you and for me is not that we build a big church, but we build big people. And the only way that I know to build big people is to get them into the presence of the Lord. And to say, this isn't about you. This isn't about me. This is about him. And begin to worship him and begin to receive the outpouring of compassion that he, he has for your neighbor. On Wednesday night, we were declaring, we were blessing and speaking blessing over our neighbors on one side of us and on the other side of us. And, and I'm telling you, it was a holy moment in this place where we were speaking the blessing of heaven upon those people that we maybe know or maybe we don't know. But we can't even do that in full effectiveness unless we've been worshiping the Lord and knowing what he says about them. You see, oftentimes we intercede for our neighbor and we know that there's some issues there. Or maybe this is in your own house. You deal with that. But there's some issues there and we know those issues. And so, Lord, we pray and we intercede for them on the issues that we know. And I believe that's wrong. I believe we're supposed to be so connected to the Father that when we see that person, we only see what the Father sees. And we begin to declare that over them every single day, what the Lord sees about them. You see, that's intercession. That's where you begin to weep for someone you don't even know. You see, the Lord wants to birth in this house an interceding church. A church that's willing to speak the things that no one else will speak about what God wants to do in this region. But it does not happen in our own flesh. It will have fruit for a night but it'll be dried up in the morning. And you see, the church is so called to display the goodness and compassion of the Father that He's available at any moment. He wants you to want Him. He wants you to minister to Him. He wants you to connect to his heart. And he desires you as a son or a daughter to be with him. We can make it about many other things, but that's the only thing. He's the only one. The fruit that remains from his compassion will last through anything. Yesterday I met a pastor from Uganda hearing his story, hearing all the things that God is doing there and I felt a different feeling than I've ever felt for Uganda. And I believe, I truly believe it's because my focus and my passion has been on ministering to him and not ministering to anyone else. And so when he started speaking about they dig wells, but the wells end up being used for animals and then they all drink out of the same thing and then they're all sick and die, I begin to have compassion that I can't make up. Right? What's he doing in you? Who's he calling you to be with? Maybe you're supposed to fly to Fort Myers. Maybe you're supposed to go to the grocery store on a day you don't need groceries because he says go and it doesn't make you feel good and he doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't ever care about your feelings. 
He's got a purpose for you. I love Michael Culliano says this, that when we got, Jesus paid for healing on the cross with all of his stripes, right? And is just being torn apart, he paid for our healing. And so when we got born again, we gave up our right to ever walk by a sick person. We gave up the right. We're done. We can't walk by sick sick people anymore. Because he paid it, and if we say he's the Lord of our life, then we have to do it. But we don't. But we don't. Let's just be honest. We don't. We walk by sick sick people all the time. Why? Why? Because our Christian walk has been an earthly walk, not a heavenly walk. It's been an earthly walk, not a supernatural walk. It's been something that we do as a religious act and not something we do because a father has compassion on us and we want to share that compassion with the world. If our focus goes off of the earthly anointing that we want to have and that we, that we make up, and we start to walk in the anointing that he gives us because we're in private ministering to him, we will see the sick people, we won't miss them, and we will actually display what he called us to display. And so you want to know, and I've had lots of people ask me for the last three and a half years as your pastor, why is the church so apathetic? Why is it so sick? And I'm not talking about this church, but some of you may attribute to that. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is because our focus has gotten off of Jesus And our focus has gotten on what we can do. And I'm telling you that when your focus goes on Jesus, he'll give you a lot to do. But it doesn't always feel the way that you want it to feel. And it doesn't always look the way you want it to look. Maybe he says, come and sit for a long time and not do anything. Because I want to show you that I'm your father and I love you. Or maybe he says, you're going to another country right now. Let's go. Let's go. But when we've made it about religion and an encounter that we do on our terms, we produce earthly fruit. And I believe the clarion call from heaven for this house, I can't speak for other houses, but for this house, is to learn, and I'm saying learn because none of us have it, to learn how to minister to him and receive his compassion for those we're called to serve. To receive his compassion for the sick among us. And when Jesus had the compassion of the Father, what happened? Miracles happened. Miracles happened. You want to see dead raised? Scripture shows us. It's the only, the shortest verse in the Bible. How did, how did Lazarus, how was he brought forth? The compassion of the Father displayed through the Son and a dead man, a dead man heard his name. A dead man heard his name and came out. Wrapped up. It says, bound at his feet to his head and his arms So he walks out of the tomb like this because he heard the voice of the Father through the Son. And my question is, who is dead in your life that needs to hear the voice of the Father through you? Who is dead that needs to hear the voice and the compassion of a Father's heart cry through you? I'm going to ask for the team to come up. And the heart of the Lord can only be transmitted to you when you're close to Him. The heart of the Lord can only be transmitted to you when you're close to Him. You see, what I want to do is I want to walk into a funeral home and be overwhelmed with compassion for the one in the casket that they come awake. They come awake. They come awake. I want to be so moved with compassion that when I'm standing in the line at Bueller's and I hear somebody coughing that I can't let that happen anymore. I don't know if that's you. I hope it is. I hope that you don't want to walk by sick people anymore. I hope that you don't want to 
produce earthly fruit anymore. I believe the call is to hire. Would you stand this morning? So I, I just want to end today. If you need prayer, the altar's open. In fact, just so you know, anytime, I don't care if I'm preaching what's happening, just come up and lay down here. Take care of what you need to take care of because my biggest concern is that you walk out not changed. That you walk out not changed. That's the biggest problem. But for the next minute or two, if you need the Lord to touch you in some way, come forward to the altar and let him touch you. That's amazing. And he'll do it. He says he'll do it. But if you don't need that, then I just want you to practice what I just preached. I want you to minister to the Lord and I want you to, I want you to just talk to him and I want you to say to him who he is to you. I want you to minister to him and glorify the Father and the Son. And watch what will flood your heart. Watch what will flood your heart. The compassion of the Father. I believe if you just hang in with me for another few minutes, the compassion of the Father will flood your being for those around you. So if you need prayer, you can come forward. Everybody in the room though, even if you came forward, I want you to worship him. I want you to honor him. I want you to glorify him as we sing this song. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. Come have your way. Move in this place. Hallelujah. Passion upon this house. Hallelujah. 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 You see, some of you in the room, he's taking your hard heart right now and he's He's molding it. He's, he's changing it. He's putting in his heart, his compassion. As we just honor him, as you just get in his presence, he starts to change hard hearts into soft hearts. And he, he starts to change hardened minds into pliable minds that can see the world as he sees the world. So let's continue in worship. Praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. today we thank you for the gift of your compassion 
Lord, there are people in this room that their life will be ignited with your compassion. They will begin to see miracles. They'll begin to see transformation in things that haven't transformed for a long time because they've missed you in that situation. So Lord, we declare that not only in this house and the people connected to this house, but in our region, Lord, in every leader, government official, that your compassion would invade this space. Father, I'm calling for a move of your spirit that will compel the body to minister to you and to you only. And out of that bore tremendous fruit. So Father, teach us, teach us, teach us. Compel us to change our vision to that of vision of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Oh, he so, he so desires to be with you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being a part of highlighting Jesus to us today. We surrender our will, our desires, our comfortable life to be called and used by you to produce kingdom fruit around the world. Come have your way. Come have your way. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, just rest in that. I know people are getting ministered to. Um, We have two announcements. On October 31st at 6.30, we have a men's and women's combined event, 6.30 here on the campus. So October 31st at 6.30, come here. And uh, Senior Life is this Thursday at noon in the FLC. So I know that there's a lot planned for all of that. Please be in prayer for our youth. They're gone on a retreat, and uh, God is doing some amazing things. I got a report last night. So I think they come back today or tomorrow. But... uh, May the peace of God rule. May the peace of God rule your heart. And the best place to find his peace is in his presence. So for those of you who are compelled to give, the basket's in the back. You can text to give. You can do all the stuff as it's on the cards. But uh, the Lord is doing something here. And I want to thank you for all of you who sewed in last week. And there's a QR code if you want to put it up there. If you have your phone, you want to give to the relief. Um, you can give to our partnership with FDR and uh, begin now praying if you're supposed to be a part of that group that gets trained uh, to be ministers in crisis. I, I don't believe that the crisis that's ahead of us is another hurricane. I think it's much more global than that. And so if it's for you, then hold it before the Lord. And when the time comes in 2023, when we launch that, then be a part of it. Don't make excuses because you don't know where you're going to go. So may the peace of God rule in your life and may angels go before, behind, and beside you in Jesus' name.